How's everybody doing today? And welcome to this very special episode of the Hey Chicago podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe on whatever platform that you may be using. And today I'm joined by, alongside a very special guest host, Casey Stern, host of the Unfiltered podcast with Believe Network. Casey, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Good to be with you. And as everybody knows, there's been a lot of commotion going on in the MLB right now. Lots of signings, lots of managers moving around. And the first one I want to talk about is Craig Council. And Casey, I know you're a big Mets guy. I know that he's one of the guys that's been on their radar for most of the offseason. And all of a sudden, we see him signed with the Cubs on a five-year, $40 million contract. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I was I was surprised. I mean, I, you know, I didn't think that Council was going to end up with the Cubs because they already had a manager in David Ross. And considering the relationship that Rossi had with the franchise, I don't think the Cubs were going to necessarily do him in that manner. Um, so I was surprised by it. At the same time, I, I think, you know, when you get outside of Bruce Bochy and maybe one or two others, Craig Council is – is among and at the top of the list of the best managers in the game of baseball. Certainly, if anybody deserves that money and to be in that kind of tier, he would be on that short list. So when I heard the money, it made a lot more sense. You know, clearly, despite the David Sturds relationship, he and the Mets were not going to be a match. He was not interested in being a part of everything that New York is about with the media and all the craziness and being in that cauldron, wanted to be closer to home, which he now is. And I think, you know, certainly as we heard from his press conference, had, you know, ties to, you know, the heartstrings to this opportunity with the Cubs. So I was surprised, but at the same time, I think when you look at it, whether it's David Ross or almost anybody else outside of Bruce Bochy, it's an upgrade if you're going to Craig Council. I think he's a fantastic manager, and I think it'll be good for the Cubs organization. Yeah, I agree with that. I honestly did not see it coming at all. I look at my phone and I see that there is a mystery team going on for him right at that moment. And I, I thought it was going to be the Astros. I thought it was going to be one of those higher teams coming up. But then I saw it was the Chicago Cubs, and it really, really just did not seem like it was real at first. I thought the Cubs organization, like many other teams in Chicago, they like sticking out with what they have. They don't really make many moves. They just like sticking out with what they have, trying to build off of that. But the Cubs are really, really the first team I've seen in a few years that have said, all right, we're done with all the media mediocrity. They're trying to make – more moves than just going to the playoffs. We want to win now. And I think the the hiring of Craig Council was kind of their first thought of making sure that they don't want to just be mediocre, that middle-of-the-pack team. They want to have a manager that not only wants to bring players in, but also will want to de develop them at the same time. Yeah, and, you know, that's a, one of the keys about Craig Council, which a lot of people don't really pay attention to, is his experience in development. When he left as a player and went into working organizations, he was a player development guy and was working in, you know, learning how to maximize and to build young players who you never saw who were in the minor leagues. And that's, what's made him, I think, in addition to how he was as a player, so effective in his relationships with younger players. And I think, you know, clearly when you look at the Cubs, regardless of what they do in free agency, there are a lot of younger players and a lot of guys who, even though they've got a couple of years in and have had nice starts, don't have a ton of experience under their belt in their careers, will not have had experience in playoff situations in which Council has already been a hero in, in a you know huge game seven. So uh, two of them, in fact. So I, I think for me, when you look at this relationship, I think that makes a lot of sense. I just I was I was surprised. I mean, as you mentioned, the Astros, I mean, even, you know, whether it was the Yankees or somebody else who had a manager, even if you would have given me the teams with a manager specifically because of the relationship David Ross 
has from his time as a player, that run in 2050, I was very, very surprised. Very surprised. That was the biggest thing with me, especially with David Ross. I thought he was going to be the type of guy that they were never going to be able to let up because even I remember as a little kid watching that World Series moment where he hit the home run in it in the Game 7 series. So definitely surprising on their side about it, but I think it's definitely what needed to happen for them to make that push for a championship, not only just a championship, but make the playoffs in general because even at the end of the year last year, a lot of their mistakes came from a managerial standpoint. We saw a lot of lineups made that made people question them. Lots of um, pitchers brought into middle of the games during moments that they shouldn't have been. So hopefully council can make those quick decisions that David Ross maybe couldn't have. And yeah. next up, yeah. I, yeah. next up, I kind of want to talk. I know you're a Mets guy. I know you love talking about the Mets. So a player that's been on, on the Cubs radar all offseason kind of has been Pete Alonzo. So do you think the Mets are going to trade him this offseason or do you see them, them trying to retain him? No, he, he uh, Alonzo's not going to get – he may get traded at the deadline if they can't work a deal out, and it ends up being a situation where Pete Alonzo ends up as a guy that they don't want to lose for nothing. You know, Scott Boris says his agent is going to do his best to get him a lot of money, but at the same time, if Pete Alonzo wants to stay there, then he's going to stay there. I mean, really, this all comes down to whether or not Alonzo wants to be there. And I think he wants to be a Met. The question is, are they going to pay him the kind of money that, you know, Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson made? Does he belong in that category? And when you've got Scott Boris and you've got a guy who's in New York, they're going to be looking as that group to try and get that kind of money. Uh, Steve Cohen clearly has it. Whether or not the Mets want to pay it is another thing. So do I don't think he'll get traded I think if he does, it would be in the middle of the season at the deadline. So I don't think it's anything right now that would be a factor. I think really when you look at, you know, the big time free agents to be a year from now, there are two in the National League who could be interesting for the Cubs or anybody else. And one is Pete Alonso and the other is Juan Soto. Um, I think it's much higher likely that Soto gets traded this offseason than Alonso. And I agree with that. I think Pete Alonso. I don't really see him getting traded right away this offseason. Like you said, it would probably be something that happens in the middle of the season. The guy that I think that's going to be traded is Juan Soto. I think that's more realistic, especially from the Padres payroll standpoint. It's not like they have a lot of money to just give out. One of their top guys, I think, has to go at some point. And from the Cubs standpoint of it, I don't see Pete Alonso being as much of a fit as much as Juan Soto would be. You kind of already have your first baseman. I know that Pete Alonso probably played DH at that point, but you have. Christopher Morrell, who's one of the best young hitters in the league right now, I would say. And why would they just trade him and multiple their prospects away for Pete Alonso? I just don't really see that happening. But if it kind of did happen, what would you really want to see in a trade for Pete Alonso? I mean, look, if the none of these trades work out to the fact of getting the value that you deserve. You know, the only one that probably would have fit in that category was if the Angels would have done the right thing and traded Otani before the deadline a year ago like they should have, but they did not. Uh, because they would have gotten overpays regardless of his quick amount of time. And he had very short amount of time left there when you're talking about just being a rental. I do think for Alonzo or for Soto in the same category, you're looking for young explosive talent that can give you years of service and save that kind of money 
but you're never going to, in Soto's case or Alonzo, get those kind of players back in those deals. The Mets specifically need pitching. I mean, they need young pitching. So, you know, the Cubs have a bunch of that in their system. I think that's probably where that match would be. Um, but the Mets would be looking for specifically young pitching. I mean, they tried to go into last year with Verlander and Scherzer and, you know, the average age of like 67, and that was not going to work. Uh, they need to get a lot younger. So I think pitching for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the, Like you said, the Cubs have a lot of young pitchers like Cade Horton. They have Jordan Wicks, two of the guys that would probably be on the move in that deal. So I honestly just don't really see that happening on either side of the standpoint. It doesn't seem like a deal would come in place for both of those teams. I'd more so see the Cubs trying to trade for Juan Soto, probably probably giving up Morel and multiple other prospects in that. But moving on, um, it's about to be free agency. A lot of players are about to be on the move this offseason. So I'm kind of just going to go down in a line of players, and I want to just hear some of your predictions for them. And first okay. of all, we're going. First of all, we're just going to look at Cody Bellinger. Do you see him signing back with the Cubs? Do you see him Yankees. going on to a different team? Yankees. Yeah, yeah he's going to be Yankee. Dad played for the Yankees. When he grew up and was growing up in baseball, that's the team that he had, you know, all the hats. And that was, as a kid, the dream. That's as a kid, and, and I didn't grow up a Yankee fan, but that's my rest of my family are. That's, as a kid, the dream of every baseball player that lives. I mean, anybody who says otherwise is lying. I mean, you know, the Yankees are the standard in terms of if they're going to pay you and give you a chance to win, there aren't going to be many people who are going to turn down a chance to go play for them. And I think Bellinger, especially with the ties with his dad, the fact that he's a great fit there. Um, I know he's got some relationships currently with folks that are on the roster and in the coaching staff there. I'm not saying it's a layup, but I, I would consider the Yankees to be the heavy favorites to get Bellinger. And from a Cubs standpoint, that's something that a lot of people are scared of, I would say. I, I probably would even agree with you in that point. It'll be hard to draw him away from the Yankees. They have all the money in the world. They're in New York. Like you said, his childhood team, it's very hard for a team like the Cubs to try to retain a player like him. But it's really going to be a bidding war to me. I think he's just going to go wherever he sees the money at. He says he loves Chicago, but we will really see how much he really means that in the next couple of weeks, I would say. And well, I think he loves Chicago. I don't think yeah, he loves yeah. playing in Chicago as much as he's going to love getting paid the most money in wherever he wants to play. And I think those two things can both be true. I'm sure he loved it. And look, Chicago gave him the opportunity that reset his market and is about to get him paid a lot of money. And that's what he needed was that one year, that Band-Aid contract to try and get back out to free agency. But now that he's got it, uh, I mean, look, uh, would I be shocked? Giants or somebody else out West? No, I wouldn't. But I, I would I would put the Yankees at the top of the list for Joe Bellinger for sure. I think they're also the Yankees are also going to be the highest bidder in Bellinger, which is also the scariest thing for the Cubs. They have all the money. They also just want the Yankees didn't have the best year last year. We all know that they have some holes they got to fix. So I think Bellinger is just going to be the one for them this offseason. And I also think that. Coming up next is Yamamoto, the guy from Japan. I think he's also going to be on the Yankees' radar. I think that's who they're going to sign also. And do you have any predictions on him as well? Yeah, I, I think I think that that's a guy who is going to either end up in Dodgers, Yankees, or Mets. Because everything you hear about him, he wants spotlight. He wants to be in that moment. He wants to come over here and play and, and get everything else that comes with it. And 
you know, while Chicago is certainly not a bad place to be for any of that, it's not. Um, the Yankees will always stand as, as the top team in that category. I mean, if anything, it's probably a little bit of a surprise if we're being fair. You know, if you would have asked years ago and somebody told you what Otani's career would be like, and the thought that he's not going to ever play in a Yankee uniform would seem like that's weird and not humanly possible because everyone who comes from overseas wants to, I mean, th that is even more over there. That's what they know. I mean, that's Band-Aid, that's McDonald's. That is the brand of baseball. So I, I know the Mets are really high on him. I know that for Steve Cohen, they know they can't, they're not going to get Otani. He's not going to want to play there at the end of the day. And they've got all that money got all the money they tried to give Correa last year. The Mets are going to spend for sure in some way. I think that's the guy they take a run at. But if you asked me, I think you just laid out pretty much the Yankees offseason where I think it's very likely they get both of the players you just mentioned. Yeah, to me, it seems like this is the type of offseason for the Yankees. They have been missing out on an offseason like this for the last few years. I think it's. I think this is the one that happened. They have all the money. They have... A lot of young guys still coming up, like Jason Dominguez. So they're going to try to spend the money on the top guys available. And I think it starts off with Yamamoto, and it starts off with maybe Cody Ballinger. But the next guy I want to talk about, somebody that's been flying under the, under the radar a little bit, I would say, is Jorge Soler. And I think he's a guy that the Mets could also go for this offseason. He's got a lot of pop in his bat. He's still young and coming up, so... Do you see him signing with the Mets, or do you see him kind of laying low, going back to the Marlins? I, well, I don't know like if he that. ends up with the Marlins necessarily, but I, I think for a guy like Soler, who's coming off a year where he showed a lot of power, a guy who's been a World Series MVP, he's going to get paid. I don't, I don't, I don't see the Mets for him at all. Um, it, just because you know one of the problems that the Mets have is that they really need left-handed power and somebody who can kind of be with Alonzo in the middle of that lineup on the other side of Lindor. And Soler doesn't fit that. I mean, even Alvarez is another guy that they have with power is another right-handed bat. So I, I don't see that personally. Um, however, I do think that Soler will get paid. The problem is, is that he's a little bit of a one trick pony. So when you've got guys who like Bellinger can defend the way they can play multiple positions and you've got other guys in the market who can, you know, like Matt Chapman, for example, down year offensively, but we know defensively what he could do. You know, th these are two-way players. So they're not that guy. Um, so because of that, I think it's a little bit trickier in terms of where he goes, but I think he'll definitely get paid somewhere for sure for that power. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the guys I was most mad about that the Cubs traded a long time ago was Jorge Soler. He just seemed like he just fit into this day and age of baseball. It was a very, very big power hitter. Like you said, he doesn't really have many tools and other ways of, of baseball except really hitting, but I like him a lot. I think he could be a good player. Like you said, he was on the World Series team, World Series champion. He's going to end up on a team that needs like a lot of pop, I would say, but I don't think that's in Chicago either. It's probably going to be a team that offers him the most money. I see him going somewhere where he's got a little bit of money left. And the last person, the most important person of the offseason, I would say, is Shohei Otani. Yeah, I was going to guess. I mean, I was going to where we were going. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, um, Dodgers. I mean, I mean mm -hmm. look, here's the thing. I, I think the Cubs are going to take a really big run at him. I think the Giants are going to take a really big run at him. I think the Mets and the Yankees will both take a significant run at Otani. If you don't, then you're an idiot. I mean, you're going to. 
even with the fact that he's coming off the injury now. But at the same time, it could save you an expenditure of money. It could put a lot of things in this contract that are based on success, which you'd much rather pay for. You'd much rather a team say, hey, if you do X, I'll pay you Y. Then you pay X whether or not Y is happening. Because of that injury, there's going to be a lot of details in this contract, no matter where he goes, on when he pitches, how often he pitches, how many games he pitches, how many innings he pitches, and how many years he does it. And in this deal, there will be a big discrepancy between what the minimum money is that he can make and what the maximum is that he can make. You'd rather that if you're a team, because at least if you're going to pay that high-end dollar, you know that he's doing both things. It should make other teams in the mix. It kind of does. When I say kind of, this is one of those, what I call it as a common sense deal. We could all make pitches for whatever team you want, and they all make sense. I mean, the San Francisco Giants, the I could throw in the Seattle Mariners in there. You could throw in some mm -hmm. other team, San Diego. They all could make sense in their own way. If it were you or if it were me, in his situation and even money, none of us would pick anyone but the Dodgers. He's 100%. already out West. He's already in. Now, look, I lived in L.A. for three years, many years ago. That's not L.A. where he is playing, even though it's where he is living, because the Angels are not in, in Hollywood. Right. But the Dodgers mm -hmm. are. And this guy is a star. He could be in movies. He could do whatever he wants off the field. He can break that barrier that players like Mike Trout don't make break because baseball doesn't get that kind of attention. And because Mike Trout is a nice guy. But he doesn't have that kind of charisma and appeal to do that. He can stay on the Angels, not going to cost him much money. But Otani going to a team like the Dodgers, not having to move, staying local, to a team that automatically with Freeman and Betts and what they have coming back would make them the favorites to win the World Series. He would have to be crazy to not do that. The only reason he wouldn't do it is if another team would overspend. Now, do other teams have more money than the Dodgers? They don't. Right. The Dodgers could spend as much, if not more than anybody. And remember, they're coming off an offseason last year where they didn't even spend money. They usually spent tons of money. They let Trey Turner go. They let Justin Turner go. They didn't make any high free agent signings. It was the year before where we got Freeman to add to bets. And they probably got a savings on Freddie. They've got tons of money to make this deal. I, I just don't see any other team having some sales pitch that's going to be worth him taking even or less money, even if it's even money, to go, why? Like, it just doesn't make any sense for me. It doesn't mean it can't happen. It's humanly possible. He could have a relationship with somebody in San Francisco or the Cubs or the Yankees when he meets with them or an owner. So, who knows? But I would I would put it like 80% plus Dodgers and then little percentages for everybody else. I just don't see anybody but L.A. You pretty much just said everything that I was thinking in my head, too. It's going to be the Dodgers. No matter what, he's just going to end up staying in L.A. He wants to be out there. It's There's just no other way of putting it. I just don't see him coming to I, – I want, like I want it to happen. I want him to come to the Cubs. I want to see him in Chicago. We haven't had a big star like that in any sport since Michael Jordan. That's just how, it, that's how it's been. So it's going to happen, though. He's going to be on the Dodgers. They have all the tools for it, all the money for it. He's staying where he's at at home. But at the same time, like you said, there's still those little teams that are, are going to try to make a move for him, but it's just not going to happen at the end of the day. He's just going to stay in L.A. I think the Cubs could be a team that are the shot in the dark, but they'll have to overspend a lot for him. It's just going to be a lot of money for him. Like they, like you said, they have the ties with Seiya Suzuki, 
But at that point, is that really enough to bring the most talented player, I would say, of all time to your team? I think yeah, that's what I, it comes down with it. And it just, again, I say common sense deal because we all – we all get crazy and we think about all these different things, but at some point you just got to put yourself in the, in the shoes of the person. Like, you know, look, I'd love him to go to the Mets or what if he went to the Yankees that, you know, the, to be honest with you, the only other team that has ever made sense to me is the Yankees uh, because of just what the idea of him and judge being in that uniform and how sellable that is and the amount of money the Yankees have and selling that to him and being on Broadway and being in New York, but I still don't think they got a shot because I just, he's already in LA. He's going to get paid the most money by that team. And they're the best team on the board. The Dodgers with Otani are better than the Cubs with Otani. They're better than the Yankees with Otani. They're better than the Giants with Otani. They're way better than the Angels with Otani. They're better than the Mets with Otani. He'd be going to the best team with having to make the least move and probably making the most money any of us in that situation are going to end up doing the same thing. It's not impossible, but it's going to be really hard for anybody to prime away from LA. I a hundred percent agree with you. And Casey, I've, I thank you a lot for coming onto this sure, podcast man. today. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the Cubs fans out there. There's a lot of stuff going on around in baseball and there's a lot to talk about with it. And with that, I'm going to end this episode of the Hey Chicago podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Casey, for coming onto the show. Like, comment, subscribe on whatever platform that you may be using, and I will talk to you all again next week.